Okay, good morning. Parashat Toledot, of course, describes the life of Yaakov and Esav, and from the very onset of their life, we learn about how different they are. And in a very telling story, the Torah describes how when Esav returned from hunting out in the field one day, Yaakov was Vayazid Yaakov Nazid. Yaakov was preparing a lentil soup of some sort. And in turn, the conversation we're all familiar with is that Esav requests that lentil soup. Yaakov in turn says, I'll only give it to you if you sell to me the Bechora, the firstborn merits. And the response, which I'd like to focus on for a couple of minutes, of Esav, which became to a certain extent the iconic line. The Esav line was, Here I am going to die. Why is Bechora, why is the firstbornship significant and important to me? What did Esav mean in that iconic line? What were his words, I'm going to die, really signifying? Was it just, a, just like that? He threw out that line, Heke, and it had no significance? Or is in the, the Torah, in reporting this to us, telling us something about the character of Esav? And if so, what is that? Uh, furthermore, the Hachamim, and Rashi cites this, Musa could help us with this, uh, explained that the context of this, in their eyes, is this is the day of the passing of Abraham Avinu. And in turn, the Vayazid Yaakov Nazid, the lentil soup which Yaakov was preparing, was uh, demonstrative, it was representative of the cycle of life, uh, of Avelut, that's the egg, that's the lentils, which represent that circle of life, that's what Yaakov is in the middle of eating or preparing to eat at that time. Is there something about the vision, the perspective of that day specifically that'll somehow paint for us an understanding of Esav and in turn Yaakov's counter and and a full reactions to this uh, situation, I would suggest as following, that the Torah in this first appearance in terms of narrative, in terms of story, of Yaakov and Esav is really describing for us in a sentence the difference between Yaakov and Esav. Because already from their birth, the Torah had been placing clues and giving us hints as to what each of them represented. Esav, the Torah says, was born kulo se'ar. He was born with a full hair all over his body, almost like a mature individual. His name indeed, as Musa pointed out, Esav Milashon Asui, he was almost fully fashioned and formed already. The other name that he has, Se'ir, is because of that hairiness as well. Even his name Edom represents that in the same way, the ruddiness of Esav as he comes out, he's already red, and, but more than that, the redness of the soup which represented that it was finished cooking, is about Esav's personality at looking at the final destination. Esav is fully finished. Esav comes out fully mature in terms of his physical appearance. Esav is the individual who looks at the soup and talks about it being Adom, ha- Adom Hazeh, it's finished. Yaakov, in contrast, is anything but final destination. Yaakov, by his name, represents the holding on, trying to catch up, not finished. But over here, his hand was holding on to the ankle of Esav. He's not out yet. He's getting up to that. Even his later name, Yisrael, is not Vatuchal, as the angel says, Kisarita. You struggled with people and with gods, so to speak, Vatuchal, and you were successful. But rather, Sarita. Yisrael means the struggle. Yaakov represents the contrast, the foil, the opposite of Esav, whereas Esav is about destination, about what's finished, about what we look for in the 
final goal and destination. Esav is about the struggle, is about the process, is about the journey that leads us there. That's the difference between their two personalities. I would suggest in turn, that's the line, again, which became iconic of Esav. Esav's remark is, His vision, his perspective on life is, well, life is worthless, because after all, its end goal is death. Whereas Yaakov's response would be one in which He's Vayazid Yaakov Nazid. He's preparing the lentil soup, representing even though the death of Abraham has already occurred, we understand a certain continuity. In truth, that's the Gemara Masechet Ta'anit and Dafe The Gemara has this famous statement in which one rabbi says to the other, Yaakov Abinu Lomet. Yaakov hasn't died, so the Gemara questions that. How's that possible? They had hispedim for him. They embalmed him, the Pesukim tells him, Parashat Rather, it's his descendants, it's his legacy. It's the continued ways of a person which continue even after their death. In contrast to an Isav of having an end which is where it all finishes, in contrast to Isav, who understands matters as not how they develop, but rather how they finish, and seeing that already in the moment, Yaakov's legacy to us is one in which we focus very differently than I imagine each of you do in your business lives, not on the bottom line, not on the last amount, not on how much goes into the bank at the end of the day, but what went into it. The process, the journey is what Yaakov represents. That day of death of Abraham is not a day for uh, depression in the morning, but rather inspiration. There's something that can and will continue. Isav is the contrast. In truth, Judaism has always embraced the continuity. What do we say when we finish a perik of Gemara? Hadran alach. We finish a masechet, we say da'atan alach. We know you, but hadran alach. We'll come back to you. It's always about the continued process. There is a concept, Rabbi Israel Salanta was famous for saying, there are two modes and two aspects of Talmud Torah. There's Yedi'ata Torah. There's the bottom line. How much do you know? You're able to have an encyclopedic knowledge? You have to strive for that. You have to know. Vishinantam Levanecha, the Gemara in Kiddushin Adaf Lamed Aleph says that you're supposed to know Torah to the extent that if a person asks you, you're not megamgem, you're able to tell him immediately. That's knowledge. That's end goal. But there's also for the Madetemotamet Benechem, there's the study of Torah, not only Yedi'ata Torah, the knowledge of the Torah, which maybe the Isav world would represent, but the process. The Yedi'ah is not a fulfillment in and of itself. The Limud is, the true aspect of what we're doing is the study of it. Uh, what do we refer to Torah scholars as? We always refer to them as Talmideh Hachamim, not just Hacham, but Talmid Hacham, Talmid Melashon Lomed, a student. We're lifelong students. In contrast to cultures and societies around us, Judaism has always embraced that way of Yaakov. The way of Yaakov is we embrace the process. We get involved in it. We realize that there's growth inherent in it, and don't just think about where it ends. I've been thinking about this a lot recently in the midst of conflict and war and struggle and death in Eris Israel. As our minds are on individuals, the question continuously is asked, what's the end goal? How's this all going to end? Instead, and it's very difficult, not a little, very difficult to do, can we, throughout this process, find glimpses, moments of inspiration, of growth? Can we say through a struggle we become greater? We <coughs> always say it and we know it, but then we forget about it because in our business lives we revert back to, Mabruk, you worked really hard at this job, but you got nothing out of it, so it was worthless. 
but in spiritual, in emotional, and psychological growth, in Torah growth, it's all about the process. I recently read in the book Abir Haro'im in Chilekimah, that's a grandson of Chacham Obadiah Yosef. He told about his grandfather, he said he once entered his grandfather's uh, study, and uh, the rabbi was sitting and studying Torah, and he looked up and he said, just a minute, I'm in the middle of something. So the grandson just stood by the door next to the rabbi for a couple of minutes. He finished, and the, ra the rabbi, his grandfather, rebuked him. His Rabbi Yaakov Sasson reported this. He says, what are you standing there without a book in your hand? He says, when I was your age, I never didn't have a book in my hand. And he writes the grandson, he says, he heard from Rabbi Shalom Kohen that his grandfather always stood and walked through the streets of Yerushalayim with a book in his hand. The idea being, I didn't close the book and finish my knowledge there. I'm continuously studying this. In other words, it's a description of my mindset. My mindset is, I'm constantly growing. I'm constantly searching for something new. He told his grandson, I thought this was remarkable as well. He said, the grandson said, I figured he's telling me I have a book for the journey. Well, I'm in the on the bus, when I'm in the train, when I'm uh, whatever. So I'm reading then. He said, my grandfather told me, not only when you're on the bus, when you're in the terminal, stop and open the book as well. But the vision, the perspective is different than we're used to, at least I'm used to. In other words, the version that we generally would speak of Hacham we would say, how much Torah did he know? Listen to, look at his books and understand what a great man he was. The grandson, of course, reports that sort of stuff as well. But he also describes my grandfather was all about the process. He was all about the physical process. As I'm walking, what am I doing? As I'm involved in life, what am I striving for? As I engage in any relationship, any situation, how do I find within this growth? But I didn't make the money at the end. Did you become a better person? But I didn't establish the relationship with that person. But did you grow in some respect? Did you, did you strive and in turn realize some sort of fruition in that? The Yaakov contrast to Esav, which we find at the beginning of the parasha, I believe is a message that underwrites much, if not all, of Torah understanding and way of life. We have this mistake in a Western civilized world of saying it's how much the bottom line is. The contrast is it's about what went into it. We're not scared in turn of death, unfortunately. It's not that we want death quickly, but we realize death only ushers in a legacy which continues afterwards. People have the mistake of saying, let's just focus on olam haba. Ironically, a focus on olam haba is a focus on end, not a focus on everything in the interim. The Torah never talks about olam haba. For what reason? Is there no olam haba? The Gemara says, anyone who says that, in olam haba. You need to accept the existence of it. So, so why doesn't the Torah talk about it? Because the Torah is purposed for us to live life. We're focused on that. Why doesn't the Torah lead us into Eretz Yisrael? The whole Torah leads us to Eretz Yisrael. You start the Torah, the first Rashi in the Torah. What's the purpose for Bereshit? I'll teach you. You should know, you should be able to answer to the non-Jews. The land of Israel was given to us through the deeds of our forefathers. Beautiful. Finish the Torah by saying, and then they entered into the land of Canaan. The Torah ends right before that, the death of Moshe. So you me, can't go past Moshe. Moshe uh, but we have 8 to 12 Pesukim at the end of the Torah, after the death of Moshe. So you can't tell me that we couldn't have put in, and then they entered into the land of Canaan. But the Torah purposefully, I believe, leaves that out. Because the Torah says, focus on everything that went into it. Don't focus on what you got to, and the, the success or the failure of that. Realize instead that the Torah, that a way of life of Judaism, is one which embraces the Talmideh Hachamim, not just the Hachamim, which embraces the struggles and not just the successes or failures. 
It's a lesson I've learned time and again, fortunately, in the context of parenting and of teaching, to look at a child and to understand the student, not as who they are in this moment. The struggle in this moment is very real. The mistakes they're making are certain. But instead of seeing them as that's who they are and in turn vilifying them and turning them into an evil, problematic child or individual, say they're becoming. Are they striving? Do they want more? You don't feel it. You don't see it in this moment. But when you, when you, when you scrape off the covering, when you try to dig in and you speak to that, that girl or boy or child, whatever it is, and try to understand what is it they truly want, well, then you reveal an individual who's becoming and not one who's just is. And in turn, the lesson, I believe, of Yaakov from the beginning of Parashat Toledot, both with regards to his name and the rabbi's portrayal of him, uh, not embracing, but understanding the death of Avraham as a growth opportunity, in contrast to the Isav of Hine Anuchi Holech Lamut, is a destination-driven versus process-directed way of life. And the Torah tells us we don't just finish Masechtot, we return to the Masechtot. It's not just Yedi'at, knowledge of the Torah, it's Hadran Alach, it's the continued process. It's the way in which we live our lives, constantly striving and searching for more in terms of growth and knowledge of Torah and in growth as person, people who are striving to become Shomrei Torah Mitzvot in the fullest sense people who want to grow in terms of the ruhaniyut, in an absolute sense, it means we're constantly striving for that, not seeing where we are, but where we want to be. Baruch Adonai Amen.